Welcome to the Creative Coding Podcast, episode uh, 40, is it 42? Yep. Wow, with me, Seb Lee Delisle. And me, Ian Lobb. 42, the meaning of life. It's pretty good, isn't it? I've been listening to podcasts this week. Weren't you going to say the date, Seb? Oh yeah, the date is the 20th of February. 2014. We should put the it's not 20, 2014. It's dude. not 2014. You, you dropped the ball already. What, what year is it? 2015. <laughs> Who's the president? Is it the past? Are we in the past? But that's good, right? We've, we just decided we should add the date because, you know, people listening to our old episodes might uh, might think that we're still, you know, that we're really out of date. Yeah. So this I way, mean, it's there's better. a massive problem with our podcast, which it will always date really massively. It's going to date very quickly. The technology moves so fast. Yeah. It's true. That's that's cool. That's, I guess that's why it's good. But yeah, I was saying, I've been listening to podcasts. Mm-hmm. I, I just totally binge consumed uh, cereal yesterday. Oh yeah. What did, what did you make oh, of cereal? It's good, isn't it? Cereal. It's gripping, listen, isn't it? So good. And they, but what I like is like, it's obviously scripted, right? They've obviously written it, but it doesn't sound very scripted. She's like, her delivery is really kind of conversational. Mm. I really like that. And I like that the music just keeps popping up every now and again. Yeah, the music's so, really good. Just put, well, I actually don't really necessarily like the music very much. Right. I just I quite like the way that it, it pops up. <laughs> Not even the main theme, the ding 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 thing. It's a bit, it's a bit naff. Someone did a remix with like Biggie rapping over it. Oh yeah, that that would probably work. That was yeah. quite good. Well, it's it's weird, isn't it? Because it sort of sounds a bit cheap and a bit library music, but at the same time, it does kind of. It is somehow the music. I mean, it does somehow have a character to it, a quality. You know, it's got a bit of personality, even though it's got a slight sort of, um, yeah, library music film. But yeah, maybe we should just put in bits of music in our podcast. Oh, and the best thing <laughs> is at the end, she just she just ends it. She's just like, next time on Serial. And that's it. She doesn't say next time on Serial something will happen. She just ends no, up. No, because the that's because they've already said. They've said it already. They've already said it. They're just like closing up and then they've been. I think Can that's just an, that? an American style thing. We, we should say it at the end. We'll just, we'll just be like, yeah, we're going to do this next week and then end it going. Next time. Next time. Yeah. Didn't we used to have a, a, a sting that went creativecodingpodcast.com or something at the end? No. Did we talk about doing that? We probably did, yeah. We're not very <laughs> We talked about all kinds of stuff. Yeah. We talked about bringing the show back for a year and a half. <laughs> yeah, well, we, you know, well, we did, right? Yeah. So, you know, yeah, you can't, we did it, so can't we're accuse, good to our word, accuse we? us of... Yeah, yeah. exactly. I suppose if, we, could, we, could, we could never... We could still not have brought it out and we might not have been lying, yeah. right? Because it's only lying when we, either of us can't actually do it. We could do it in our 70s. Hmm. So this week we're going to talk about um, (laughs) how to get started in doing electronics. Electronics, yeah. Now, for the purposes of this episode, we're going to pretend this is something I know absolutely nothing about. (laughs) Is is this pretending? (laughs) No, it's not pretending. It's not pretending. Okay, but you're just making yourself feel better. Thanks for giving me away. Yeah, I'm just just bringing a bit of authenticity to Mm. the show. Cool. So. We don't have to imagine that. We it's true. It so is actually if true. If I wanted to get started and doing stuff with electronics, where where do I start? Well, I think any show about electronics has to probably start with Arduino. Right. Because Arduino 
is a, a brilliant project. It's about 10 years old now. And it's kind of difficult. It's not immediately obvious. How do you say it, sorry? Arduino. Right, yeah. And it's it's Italian, right? Yeah. It's, it's made by some Italians and it's named after a bar, right. apparently. Uh, I, I've forgotten the name of the bar, but it's Arduino de something. Right. <laughs> it's Italian. <laughs> they named it after the bar. Um, but it's it's difficult to always appreciate how much Arduino has helped until you sort of understand a bit about what it was like before. You know, so the Arduino, the original one, uses a, a central processing chip, which is, you know, one of the AVR family of, of processors. And there's many different shapes and sizes of Atmega AVRs. Right. Um, but, um, yeah, it, it essentially took one of these chips, stuck it on a prototyping board, made it accessible with all the pins, and also created the the IDE and the programming language, which was heavily based on processing. Um, right. And so, and and in fact, they I think they they knew the people that made processing, so they were sort of, uh, and they they were also part of an educational establishment in Italy. So it was initially just created to help teach people electronics, right, and presumably kind of creative people rather than engineers. Uh, Presumably that's why they chose something similar to processing. But before that, if you wanted to program one of these uh, these little microcontrollers, it was sort of a bit like pro how programming Windows was in the 90s. You know, you'd right. need Visual, Visual Studio, you'd need all this expensive um, software, it'd be very poor documentation. You know, properly, it's designed for engineers, right? So there were different ways to program these chips, but it wasn't very accessible and... I think there were some prototyping boards, but they were for education, but they were very expensive. So just getting to that stage where you can get one of these chips and program it yourself was quite a step. You know, there was quite now, when a When you say program a code. chip, what's the difference between programming a chip and programming like a computer? Okay, so with these chips, they are, um, they've got... Uh, They've got some uh, writable ROM on. I think it's all EEPROM, right? So the chips are designed and they can have different programs running on them. So you sort of flash the firmware, right? Right. If you want to program them, you flash the firmware with new code. Yeah, so, it's, and the, it's so the program is just there on the chip. You don't have to load it from a drive or anything. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's there permanently. So, yeah, that's what it is. And, and you've got um, you've got pins on the chip that can either be inputs or outputs. You know, it's like the Raspberry Pi, they've got this term GPIO, right? Right. It's just one of these techie terms. It means general purpose input and output. Right. You can decide wh whether each of the pins is either going to be an input, so you could read whether there's a voltage coming in or not into yep. it, high or low, uh, or it's an output where you can actually put out 5 volts or 0 volts, a high or a low output to turn a light on or off or to make a motor spin. Then add to that, you can, on some of the pins, you can use them as analog inputs. So right. you can read a variable voltage between zero and five volts. And you've usually got about 1,024 different steps that you can read in between zero and five volts. But not digital analog well, steps. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's well, it's, it's analog to analog. it's analog to digital, yeah, right? right? We're, we're, we're converting this voltage into a number. What happens if you give it more than five volts? Oh, well, you could blow up the chip. Right. 
Now, okay, so where would this voltage come from? Well, the, the actual Arduino itself has got a, a voltage regulator on it. Right. So the, the Arduino also has a USB chip on it. So right. you can plug it straight. So before, you would probably, if you wanted to program a chip before, you'd probably have to get a chip programmer, stick the chip on this special programmer, and then talk through the programmer to the chip. Right. It was really annoying. But now with the Arduino, there's a USB chip. There's also a bootloader, which means that when the chip boots up, it can it's sort of listening for code to come in on it through the USB port. Right. So, you, yeah, so by by default, the Arduino... You could program it through the USB, but it also takes the power from the USB. Right. So um, I think USB is 5 volts, but it also does have a voltage regulator on it so that you can plug in like up to 12 volts and it will convert it in the voltage regulator to 5 volts. Right. So the chip itself needs 5 volts just to run, right? So you've yeah. got to plug power in and you've got to connect the ground. Um, but then the Arduino itself, it breaks out all the pins on the chip into little sockets that you can plug stuff into, um, but it also breaks out the five volts and the so grounds. So is this like really low power usage compared to like something like a Pi? Um, I think a What's Pi it? is quite low power usage as well. I'm not particularly sure, but I know right. that the voltage regulators on the Arduino can at most supply maybe six or 800 milliamps. The Arduino itself probably only drives. I mean, like, you can run like an Arduino off like a nine volt battery or something. Yeah, you can. You can just plug in batteries to it, and that's not something I've ever really done, so I don't know a great deal about it. But yeah, you can just put in the battery input into the voltage regulator. So you, if you had like nine or twelve volts of batteries, it should convert it down to five volts. There are some chips also that are better at going into like low power mode or like to sleep. That's something I haven't really done at all. I think that, you know, in order to sort of save as much power as possible, you can go into these sort of low power sleep modes. Okay, so give me like, a, and so okay, so you've got inputs and outputs on the chip. Yeah. This. What about showing something on like a screen or something? Or are we not even there yet? Uh, yeah, we could probably go there. Um, well, there are loads of little screens that you can get, right? Um, let's start with like an eight by eight LED matrix. Yeah? Okay, right. Yeah, so okay. you've got eight rows and eight columns of LEDs. 64. 64, yeah. So yeah. it doesn't actually take 64 pins uh, to, to control them all because right. you can arrange them in a grid. Just two. And, and, and in a, what do they call it? Um, uh, there's, a, there's a name for it when you actually sort of connect multiple legs together and just use a combination of different legs to light up particular LEDs, um, right. multiplexing. Okay. Um, so I, I can't remember the exact number of legs that you need. It's probably for, for 64. I think it's maybe eight across and eight down. I, I'm not entirely sure. Um, so you could just plug in all of those connectors into your GPIOs if you've got enough. Like the original Arduino, I think only has like 13 pins. So you'd be right. struggling a little bit. Right, okay. Um, so that's the first way. If you've got an Arduino Mega or something with more pins, you can just plug them all in. It doesn't matter. Um, but usually what happens is you'll get another chip that drives the LEDs. So right. there are a number of different ways of doing that. The, the sort of the most basic way is using a shift register. 
Okay. And a shift register, you sort of give it like data. Right. And it's got a shift register as a chip and it's got loads of outputs, right? So you probably have enough outputs to power all the LEDs in your display. And, but it, in, in terms of its input, you can pass in data digitally, right? So you can put in like digital data impulses and it would convert that data into switching each of its legs on or off. In a way, it's like another microcontroller like your Arduino right. that your Arduino talks to, but it's, it's quite, they're quite cheap usually. Um, yeah. So usually like screens like LED matrices or in fact like LCD displays or seven segment displays or OLED displays, they usually come with their own driver chip that you can drive um, with just a few pins of your Arduino. And I've seen it. things with like a, like an RF out type thing as well. RF, yeah. So there are a few different like radio formats for our well, not specifically for Arduino, but for these sort of electronics. Um, the there are there are kind of if you imagine a serial connection, right? So the Arduino you plug in the USB. Yeah. And inside the Arduino, there's a USB to serial converter. So, right. ser you know, a serial connection is like a two-wire uh, data connection between different electronics. I <laughs> can see you're concentrating. It's really old-fashioned because that's when yeah. I used to play Doom. That's how I used to hook up two computers. With a serial connection. Yeah, it's exactly yeah. like the old serial mouses. It's just passing digital data through these two wires. Um, so... Uh, yeah, so so when you plug in your USB cable, it's just converting serial to USB. So it's actually just using two wires to con communicate to that Arduino. But yep. you can use those serial connections to talk to other things and talk to... So let's say, for example, what we were talking about before, you could get a display which has a standard serial connection and you could talk to that over the serial. Um, or you can get these uh, radio modules that actually are like serial uh, adapters. So they convert the serial data into radio data. Right. So then you can pass it along. And there's one, a standard What would you called, do with that? Well, it'd be for like remote controlling something. Oh, okay. You know? um, I don't think I've ever used it. There's, there's one uh, protocol called, uh, I always get confused. I think it's Zigbee. I get confused because there are products called XB, which use Zigbee. And I think, I think I've got it the right way around, but I think Zigbee is the open protocol and XB are people that make modules that use that protocol. If I, I, I'm, I might need fact checking on that. Right. I'm sure we'll get some listeners. Um, <laughs> but I haven't used those very much, um, but they're a very easy way to connect two Arduinos together. Now, of course, with all the Internet of Things stuff, you're getting um, other ways to, 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 to transmit data over radio got bluetooth le of course which is quite popular for short distances that's quite good though perhaps for home automation maybe how far does bluetooth sort of Actually, go i think it's only a couple like a few meters isn't it a couple of meters maybe i think the zigbee protocol is probably a bit longer range but i'm not sure how well it goes through walls unless it's particularly high frequency um but then of course there's there's wi-fi as well now you can actually just get a wi-fi module for your arduino and have it connect to your Wi-Fi. But that's provided you've got local Wi-Fi there. Yeah. Or so, you can actually get 3G. Uh, yeah. You know, um, in fact, there's a new Arduino-compatible board that I just recently bought called the Linkit One. Right. It's made by Seed Studios, and it is insane, right? It's right. got Wi-Fi built in, but it's also got Bluetooth 
BTLE, BTLE on it, but it's also got uh, um, GPS. Right. It's also got GSM, right? So you can plug in your SIM card. <laughs> right. And uh, it's even got like a LiPo battery in it as well. So What's that? You know, um, a, a, a battery like in your phone, like a... Um, right. I don't know what it stands for, lithium something. Well, and, and that's so, one that lasts a long time. Yeah, but they're really crazy dangerous. Like, they always come with drivers because um, if you don't do the right thing with them, they will literally just blow up. Right. <laughs> in a really nasty way. It's like, it will burn your house down. I mean, it's that sort of, you know, crazy. That sounds really dangerous. A lot of this stuff seems dangerous. Like, I met a guy at a meetup uh, here in Cornwall who had automated his uh, boiler like mm. his gas boiler thing, his central heating himself using various things that involve mains electricity and stuff. And it's just like all that stuff. I would just be too terrified to ever mess with it. Yeah, I, I suppose you get a bit more used to it. But certainly with those LiPo batteries that, you know, the the electronics it comes with sort of takes care of all of that. As long as yeah. you use that, then you're fine. Yeah. It's just yeah. if you try and plug it straight into stuff, then I'm you're trying to be think of. See, when I was a student, people did these sorts of projects, but it was a lot harder. And a lot of the times mm. the projects just wouldn't work. And I'm trying to think <laughs> of what the things we had back there were. There was something cubes. Cubes. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, Hit a dead end there, I'm afraid. Uh, <laughs> so um, I was going to say. iCube iCube is that right no I'm probably I'm probably talking complete rubbish maybe someone <laughs> if they know can tell us what is this like an electronics prototyping platform yeah exactly or... yeah don't know hold on I've just got to go and answer my door so sorry okay sorry that's funny sorry that's okay my kids like they insist on ringing the doorbell even yeah. when they've got like a parent with them <laughs> who has keys they'll still oh, like ring the door buttons loads. it's fun isn't it it's just really annoying everyone loves pushing it's buttons it's like really rude though to ring your own doorbell I think <laughs> I don't really like when people ring the doorbell no I, I'd rather just people didn't come round <laughs> sorry anyway let's get back to where we were yeah so um, yeah we, I guess we delved down into the details a bit but there are lots of different if we're talking about Arduinos there are lots of different Arduinos like the first one was, I guess, well, one of the early ones was the D.H. Miller, I think is how you say it, which I guess is 2000 in Italian. I'm not sure. Right. Um, but, but there are lots of them now. There are, um, But the, the thing that made them sort of quite innovative is that they're actually open source hardware at a time when there wasn't much open source hardware. Right. So that's why it's really good for doing, I mean, maybe not so much for beginners, but if you're interested in actually making products, then you can just like take all the things that are on an Arduino chip on an Arduino board and make your own version of the Arduino with the specific extra things that you need. And obviously, you don't need to pay anyone for that. It's just like it's open source, and that's what's so good about it. Um, so there are lots of different styles of Arduinos, all that use different central chips with different properties and qualities like i've already mentioned the mega the mega has loads and loads more pins so if you've got an arduino mega you can you know i think there's probably like 50 or 60 gpios it's like so if you want to plug in a lot of stuff in sorry what's a gpio 
General I, I mentioned purpose, that already, yeah. General purpose uh, input and output, yeah. Yeah, just the pins. No, it's good to, 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 <laughs> to go over it for sure. So uh, let's dial it back a bit. What, okay. what, give me some example usages of what you would even do with these things. Okay, so when I first started playing with Arduino, it was because I heard that you could plug in knobs and buttons and right. control your games and stuff with it, right? right. So, I was in, so it can do that because it's got a serial connection with your computer so you can get buttons and inputs and actually transfer the data from those into your computer. And so then you could, at the time I was looking at Flash, um, but you could also use processing or anything that creates a serial that can read a serial interface yeah. on your computer. And now you can do that in the browser as well. I think in Chrome you can do it. Okay. So anything that, so that was my initial reaction was like, oh, great, I get to control my computing games and stuff with real physical interfaces. But it was pretty quickly that I realized, in fact, I don't think I ever did that, right? Right. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty quick that I realized that this was an interesting thing just by itself. Yeah. And once you've programmed it with the computer, you can unplug it from the USB cable and it becomes this thing on its own. Yeah. So, I mean, it's almost limitless, the number of things that you can make. Any sort of small electronics device that you want to make, you can theoretically make it with Arduino. It's probably better to think about some of the components you can add to it, all the simple things like switches and lights. Uh, you can also get light sensors or touch sensors or uh, little speakers that can play tones or uh, temperature sensors you know so yeah. once you start thinking about all those things that you can get then maybe you start thinking about how those things can be put together and how the logic on the little board can work that out like for example I don't know say you wanted something uh, uh, I don't know I'm just I can only ever think of internet connected things now because that's what I've been <laughs> focusing on yeah. recently but at that at the local hack space we've got a door lock Right. And an RFID tag reader. So that's the little things, you know, the little chips that are in your key fobs. Yeah. So, so you, can, you can just get an RFID reader and attach it to an Arduino and read these little fobs. Send the number off to the internet and the internet tells you whether you should let that person in or not. Right. You know, that's, that's something very simple. Or you could just make like something that uh, reads the temperature and logs it to a data server. Yep. I mean, I don't know. I've I've got no ideas right now, but because there's, there's almost too many things you can yes. do with it, right? And what? Okay, so yeah, if you were I making say like what a, I've done if you were making them. like a weather station or something for science, yeah. sciencey type things. I guess that in my personal projects, I initially started off just doing some experiments, and like I made a little particle system with an eight by eight LED matrix. Right. So I was taking some of the things that I was doing on in computers and, yeah. and putting them onto electronics and seeing how that translated. Obviously yeah. it was a really low resolution <laughs> screen, but once you sort of diffused it with like a layer of paper, it actually looked sort of like fireflies or something. It was oh, really cool. beautiful. In my actual projects, my art projects, well, the Lunar Trails drawing machine based on the Polygraph software, that's Arduino inside. Yeah. It's got an Arduino and we, the first version had an Arduino Mega in it and we would right. send the data from the computer over USB and it right. would control all the motors and stuff. And then, yeah. of course, recently I did the laser light synths, which had a type of, well, an Arduino compatible board called the Teensy, which right. is really good. It's made by someone else, 
uh, PJRC, I think they're called. Right. Um, but it's so tight. It's called the Teensy, and it really is tiny. It's this big, but it's <laughs> obviously that's going to come across on the radio. It's about you know, I don't know, six centimeters long, something like that. It's really small, um, but it's got an arm chip on it, so it's actually quite powerful. Um, and I needed that sort of power of chip to control all the LEDs on the light synths because there's like 800 LEDs and it takes a lot of memory and processing to update them. Um, but also to read the capacitive touch data and also send out MIDI data. So it's really easy to make a MIDI device with Arduino because MIDI is just serial yeah. at a particular speed. So right. if you wanted to make a musical instrument, you could a MIDI instrument, you could do it with an Arduino pretty easily. Oh, cool. Then you can plug that into your Amiga <laughs> to play different sounds. So, okay, cool. And how much, like in terms of, you're writing this application in a scripting language, basically. Yeah. How, what sort of things have you got language-wise? Okay, so the language is pretty annoying, right? right. Because um, it is lo it's basically, it's based on C, right? Yeah. But it's sort of, the, the hard edges are smoothed off a little bit. It's, it relates, it's related to C in the same way that processing is related to JavaScript. Right. So the actual syntax is almost identical between... Sorry, did I say JavaScript? I meant Java. What did I say? Processing is to Java what Arduino is to C. Um, and right, obviously I Java see, yeah. and C, is, is, are they're kind of similar anyway. So you've got strict data types, um, you know, the same, same function definitions and, and variable definitions as... I mean, it's basically the same syntax as any sort of C-like language very similar to Java, similar-ish to JavaScript, except you have to decide what the variable types are. Um, but actually, maybe this would be a good time to segue into the fact that there are hardware platforms where you don't need to learn a new language. You can just use JavaScript. Really? What, what would those be? Well, it's obviously the JavaScript community are getting very excited about this, right? Because... There's uh, uh what's what is it? There's oh, what's his name? There's uh, there's a law in JavaScript. Yeah, uh, Atwood's law. Atwood's law. Yeah. So anything that can be made in JavaScript will eventually be made in JavaScript, right? So uh, I'm seeing this. Uh, obviously, JavaScript has really believed this fully, and it's their reason to never. Well, ever... I mean, like Moore's law, it's a self-fulfilling thing, isn't it? Where people make it be true. Yeah, but I do also see the benefits of it becoming true, you know, and I, I see as the sort of chips become more powerful, they can run these sli this slightly higher level language. And also the, the interpreters and, uh, of, and the JavaScript engines are getting faster and faster and more effective, you know. So, so I, think, I think Atwood's law is probably going to be true and the number of JavaScript programmers is certainly growing. Um, but either way... JavaScripters don't really like learning new languages. Uh, I'm not <laughs> sure. I, I actually think learning new languages is really good for you. But I guess if you're just going to tinker around in your spare time and you happen to be a JavaScript programmer, then maybe look at one of these JavaScript platforms as a way to get in there. Sure. Like the first one, and probably the most popular one, is called Johnny Five. Have you right. heard of that? No. It's obviously named after that film. Short circuit. Uh, was it batteries not included? No, it's short circuit. Short circuit. Okay, I knew it was one of those 80s robot films. Um, 
So essentially, Johnny Five is a node library, right? And it works with an Arduino. So this is where it gets quite confusing um, because it doesn't actually run on the Arduino. It just talks to the Arduino. So it's running on your computer, um, but it's tra telling the Arduino what to do with its pins. Right. So, so the advantage of that is that, well, obviously you, you can just, if you just wanted something that attaches to your computer, like uh, some light, a light. So you wanted a light to go on whenever you got an email. Right. You could plug it into your Arduino, run the Node app using Johnny Five on your computer, and your computer would literally tell the Arduino turn on this light. Right. Yeah. So, but what do you put on the Arduino? Um, there's there's this thing called Fermata. Right. Which was actually oh god, it's getting so much detail. I think we're going to need to do more episodes about it. Um, but Fermata is a firmware, or it's an Arduino program that you program on the Arduino itself. Right. And it just sets up this serial connection, and it just translates serial messages into telling the Arduino what to do with each of its pins right. and what to talk to. It was initially, I think, first made for processing. Right. So you could talk to your Arduino from processing, and you wouldn't have to program, reprogram the Arduino at all, which is fine. If you're making a peripheral or something that never has to run by itself, yeah, is totally fine. So there's a way to get into electronics, just start to play with components. It's probably quite a fun, uh, easy way to do that. But of yeah. course, you're making peripherals. You're not making independent devices. So that's yeah. the negative. Positive is if you know Node, then it's cool. Node Copter is kind of similar, in that. The, all the logic in NodeCopter. You know NodeCopter, the, the, the platform for, for running um, quadcopters with Node? <laughs> no, I don't, but that's uh, Okay, well, there's loads of quad um, NodeCopter sort of events popping up all over the world where right. people come and hack uh, quadcopters with Node. You know, it's, all, it's really big in the JavaScript world. And um, that's sort of similar. All the logic is running on your computer. You're just giving the 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 quadcopter like messages and it's sending you messages but there's no processing as such going on on the on the on the node on the copter itself so yeah so that's the first way to run electronics with javascript but there are new platforms coming out a couple of crowdsourced projects uh one was kickstarter and one was another platform and i forget which was which but there's two big ones one's called tessel and one is called Esperino. And this is where I'm not I'm not particularly familiar with these projects. I've never worked with them, but I've just sort of been aware of them. But they both have the same ARM chip that is in the Teensy. So it's right. obviously a bit more powerful. And you can start at that stage to look at running JavaScript, interpreting JavaScript real time on the chip. Right. So both of those projects, they've actually had to make their own uh, JavaScript interpreter because the V8 engine is too big and memory intensive to run on these chips yes. right now so they've made their own one um in fact they've made two different ones and i think they're both quite promising you know i think they're both interesting tessel i think it's tessel that comes with its own sort of it's got its own sort of pins on the side and so you can get special devices that are compatible with it so they sell all these input output modules that you can just sort of plug in like lego right um, and it's it's really fun. it's quite expensive, but it's really fun to get started. And I think it's the Esperino that's a bit smaller and a bit cheaper. 
that you plug straight into your computer and program and then it, it can do its thing. Um, they're both really interesting and I think that whole section of the sort of electronics community is going to grow quickly, but it certainly doesn't yet have the same sort of reach and availability of the Arduino platform. Um, and, and it was interesting, actually, there was an article on Make magazine by right. Alistair Allen. It's worth checking out. We'll link to it. But he, he reviewed these new JavaScript uh, platforms and and he was saying that there are sort of two big hardware hacking communities right now, one based around Arduino, the second based around Raspberry Pi. Yeah. And then this one, now we're getting to see real JavaScript running on uh, on microcontrollers. You know, this has the potential to become a really big third community right. in, this, in this sort of maker community. So it's, it's interesting. the most accessible because JavaScript is definitely something that most people can do quite easily. Like, yeah. Well, we're running out of time, but it's, it's worth briefly mentioning Raspberry Pi. Yes. Um, because I think that has opened up electronics. And obviously, you can program that in either Python or Node, I think, and access the GPI opens on the Pi. But I think probably should save that for another time. So, but it's Python, is it, that you use on yeah, Pi? Yeah, primarily. I mean, I guess it's just a Linux computer, right? I mean, isn't it? Most... You can do whatever. But I guess it's yeah. just what, what's the hardware interface set up for and things like that. Like, where are the hooks? Yeah, I mean, I've seen, I've seen it's primarily the, the GPIO library. Most people are using Python with it and the Raspberry Pi, but I think you can do it with Node too. Cool. Well, that was like a really good introduction. Yeah. I, st oh, I still I, think I, like the thing that puzzles me most is like the but why aspect. Yeah. And but I think <laughs> the, the why aspect comes when you start to know what, you're, what, what, is, what is possible. Well, I mean, any, anything is possible. Anything suppose, is possible. Really. So it's sort of this thing that I've been doing it a while now, and it's a really exciting, empowering feeling to know that there are these masses and masses of different options. Now I've learned a bit. I really feel like I've sort of leveled up in the last year or two. I'm starting to understand these things. And whenever I see a problem, I start to solve it in my head with this new project, right? Mm. It's kind of daunting as well. It's kind of exhausting, but it's also just really exciting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and I guess I should just finish off by saying if you wanted to get started with Arduino in particular, I would recommend the SparkFun Inventors Kit. Okay. It's about 100 quid. comes with a, their version of the Arduino, load of loads of components, a box of the components, and, and some really good uh, examples and a nice book. So... There are other ones available, but I've had a good look at that and I based my own uh, workshop kit on it, obviously times by 10 or something. <laughs> <laughs> I've just got loads more components than they have and lots of Wi-Fi things. Um, but it is a really, really, really good kit to get started on. And I think rather than just buying an Arduino and have it gather dust, it's yep. better to get a kit like that and work through the examples just to start working yep. on it. So we'll yeah. go along to your course. Yeah, come to what my cities course. are you going to be in next? Uh, I'm doing uh, I'm doing Brighton uh, literally on Monday and Tuesday this week, and I am going to Amsterdam at the end of March. I'm not sure if there are tickets left, but check it out on st4i.com. After that, I'm doing one in Dusseldorf as part of Beyond Telerand conference in May. I'm hoping to set up some more too, but that's all the definite ones for now. Cool, and. Um, 
How do you build a robot? A robot? Yeah. What sort of robot? Like a like Bender from Futurama. <laughs> yeah, I'll save that for another time, okay. mate. Okay. <laughs> That's going to be complicated, but yeah, I could <laughs> we could we could spend the whole episode on servo motors. Oh, that sounds fun actually. Yeah. Cool. Oh, my head hurts now. God, it's the, just you know what's so astonishing is just the amount of detail. And I don't feel I've barely scratched the surface. No. Well, we could do another. We could do a follow-up episode called Advanced. <laughs> or Intermediate, I guess, is next. Yeah. It would be good to get it in some sort of order, I suppose, and re- try and remember what we've already covered. Should we say goodbye, then? <laughs> Head is broken. <laughs> cool. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I yep. hope it's been Thanks enjoyable. Like us on Facebook. Tweet us. Google Plus. Yeah, all of that good stuff. All that stuff. Yeah, oh, especially uh, especially iTunes. Oh, yeah, ratings. review us. If you want to do yeah, that, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, that really helps good. loads. That's the most helpful thing. Yeah, so we don't have to pay people in China to review yeah. for <laughs> us. Yeah. <laughs> cool, thanks, everyone. See you soon. Cheers. Bye. Bye.